We're live. <laughs> uh, I want to first say I got my old friend. Mm-hmm. Not first. an age. Not an age. Not, not an age at all. No. I think we're the same age, actually. Uh, 1984. Yeah. Yeah. We are the same age. Yeah, all right. Fine. When's it, like May, right? March. March. You're June. There was an M in there, so I remember it. There's an M in there. I'm in June. That's yeah. amazing. You remember that. Because my daughter was born in June as well. Oh, so. what? And my husband was born in June. So it's, Okay, you know, so just for remember. a second there, I felt special. Just like, a, <laughs> like a split second. Well, my old friend, not an age, mm-hmm. Mathilde Lujane. Lujane. That's Lujane. my Islamic name. That's now. your Islamic name. Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into that. Uh, an author of, a, um, of the new book coming out. Tonight. Tonight. There you go. So, you know, this is just before the book comes out. Yeah. Big little steps. Mm-hmm. So, I'm so proud to have you here because you're the first author okay. that I had on the podcast. Awesome. Well, you it's know? my pleasure. I'm super excited. Like I was saying, I've known you for like 10, 11 years. I know, you're, yeah. So, it's crazy. I think it was back in 2007 when I moved to Dubai. And, uh, and that's when we met for work. And then, you know, since then, it's been great to, you know, we've been keeping in touch. So it's... Right? Yeah, it's it's cool. crazy. Like, yeah. we kept in touch. And, yeah. like, it, and I know this, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. We've been, uh, I mean, I've seen, uh, you know, we've, we've worked on several projects throughout the years. Yeah. Um, but it's always that like your personal story mm. was something that always uh, kept me... Uh, Maybe, or maybe that's what kept us more in touch throughout the True. years. You know, and I remember, uh, I, well, let's just, right off the bat, you're Muslim. Yeah. And the reason we say that fact mm-hmm. uh, is because your book is about that <laughs> very thing, right? So, yes, yeah. So if we, maybe we could, do, like, or just begin, before we get into that, I remember you tweeting, mm-hmm. uh, what was it, like seven, five years, seven years ago or something like that. Yeah. You were tweeting, and I was like, man, she's tweeting a lot of things about Islam. And... <laughs> And, and, and for people who don't know, uh, Mathilde is French, mm-hmm. you know, so, uh, so I'm like, Mathilde, are you just like interested in Islam or like what, what's going on here? Like what's, what's up? And you're like, no, I'm Muslim. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. And, and at that point, I've known you for like five years, maybe. True. Yeah. So I was like, I had no idea, you know. Right. I remember that. I remember that. And I think that's when um, like we became closer friends. Like it went from work to being like an actual friendship. Because yeah. it was like, you know, well, I'm just interested in people with like uh, interested um, personal stories. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That have uh, and feel comfortable sharing their personal stories. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you were comfortable enough to, you know, there's this guy who I've worked with for a few projects and, you know, you, you were, you were comfortable enough to share your, your experience. And yeah. I was like, well, this is cool, you know? And, mm. and I think from that, we it developed more of an intellectual sort of like, uh, ideas of where like, yeah. we discuss these <laughs> ideas and so on. And, and I like that a lot. And that's, uh, and that's, what's cool. And here you are today talking about you releasing a book. So that's yes. very cool. And tell right. us like, what's that about? Well, okay, so like you said, I mean, um, you know, it's just I've been so passionate about Islam and so that's why I love talking about it is because, you know, when you find something that clicks and that you're so, when you're so into it, then you just want to kind of shout it on the rooftops and, you know, for me, Islam has has played that role for me in my life where, you know, I've always been a very spiritual person and I'll go into that into more detail, my own spiritual journey in a bit. Um, but uh, just writing the book for me was this taking this extra step to um, present Islam from a feminist perspe- perspective. Mm. And, um, you know, as without noticing it, I became an ambassador of Islam. Right. 
as a French woman and, you know, people would see me fasting or they would see me go to the mosque. And so the, people just naturally go to you and ask, so what, what is this? Ask questions about Islam, just to understand it better, which, uh, which I love. I mean, it's, you know, building a dialogue is very positive. So mm. um, I just thought, you know what, it's been a dream of mine since 2009 to write a book uh, wow. on Islam and for women specifically. And, um, you know, then, you know, life just kind of happens. Like I changed jobs and got married and had a baby and it was just marriage man yeah, you know, like, you know, like, it's in the way man <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like this distant dream of mine and I and, yeah. and last year I thought you know what I don't want to get old and regret it right that I never got to do this and uh, so I quit my job in September mm. And I thought, you know what, uh, I'm just going to do this full time and just get it done. And it has to happen no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's here. So, um, so yeah, I'm really excited. That's amazing. Yes. And so the book itself is, I mean, uh, it ha hasn't been released yet, so I didn't have the chance to go through mm -hmm. it. But uh, we did go through several things throughout the yeah. book. And, uh, and I, it's interesting that you chose the area of feminism and um, and just sort of targeted towards uh, women mm -hmm. um, in particular is that because of your journey or is that because of your personal experience in finding the answers and yeah you know I mean uh, so I converted to Islam when I was 18 years old right um, so that was in 2002 Uh, so obviously over the years I've learned a lot and I've met a lot of other women who were either converting to Islam or they were maybe just keen to know more about Islam, wanting to understand it, uh, you know, how does it work for Muslim women and so on. And I've just realized that, you know, it's always the same, the same questions that keep coming back and... Um, And, uh, you know, that's why I thought, well, you know, I need to put this together in, in a kind of guide. And, and I'm in marketing as well. So, you know, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just thought the way you package it as well is really important. You know, like the way you I, I have to make it appealing. I have to make it like feminine looking. So you want to actually read it. And, right. and, um, and you know, it, I thought it was a gap in the market because there are no books like this that are written for one uh By a, from, by a woman to other women or by a convert to other converts or by a Western woman to, for other, other Western people. And, you know, I just thought um, we needed to have that voice right. uh, out there. And, um, and so that was, that's how the, the idea was born. And, uh, and I thought, you know what, let me interview, well, I have my own story, my own experiences, but I wanted to get other women's experiences as well. So I did a survey monkey okay, online. Of course, that's the most relied, uh, you know, <laughs> so, way of researching. Exactly, of course. <laughs> and it just went viral. And so many women wow. of all different backgrounds and ages started getting back to me with their own experiences, what they wish they had known or, you know, before converting to Islam or non-Muslim women telling me what they would like to know about uh, Islam. So I kind of put everything together all in one so that it's not just my own experience as well, but it's, you know, women from all over the world. So if you had one question that kept repeating from different mm. people, do you have that question that keeps popping yeah. in your mind? Well, you were just talking about feminism. Right. So I think women's rights. Women's huge. rights. Yeah. Okay. So I've made it a point to, um, you know, go into detail in the book and to explain how First of all, I talk about women, all the ins inspirational women and, and role models in Islam and 
um, and not just only in Islam, but before, um, you know, there is also uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, mm. who is mentioned in the Quran, who is a huge role model for uh, Muslim women as well. And, um, you know, going way back to the uh, time of um, Moses as well, peace be upon him mm. and his adoptive mother, who was the wife of Pharaoh. So I go way back in time, wow. showing like, look, these are all like powerful women and amazing women, and they were pious and they were knowledgeable and they were educated about their faith. Mm. And so I really try to highlight education for one and knowledge and seeking knowledge. Um, but then, so as I move on, then I go into uh, what Islam, how well, how the the revelation of the Quran changed things for women at the time of the, the in, in the seventh century. Right. Uh, and I talk about like the, like the top 10 women's rights, uh, for example, the right to vote, mm -hmm. which they didn't have before, or the right to marry whoever they would like to marry. Uh, so no forced marriages in Islam, no female infanticides, uh, the right to... No female what? That? Infanticides. So killing uh, girls at birth. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, a lot of people think that it's, that word, you know, it's a tradition. Which right here, that's the first time I hear that word. Okay. <laughs> that is, uh, maybe it's from, like, maybe it's French and I've just made it English. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. okay. Interesting, yeah. So, yeah, there was, a, there was an issue, I think, in, um, in 7th century Arabia uh, where these issues were, yeah. were prevalent, right? Well, and, women were not respected, period. Right. You know, some of them even thought they were bad um, omens, you know, they were bad luck mm. and... Uh, uh, so Islam really changed, like revolutionized, revolutionized uh, right. you know, the the region, the whole region, and the way people thought and the way men respected and treated women, right? As well. So, um, uh, well, it's so interesting that you say that because just before our podcast, I was listening to. I was watching actually um, a show on Abu Dhabi TV, mm. and uh, it was uh, this guy called Mohammed Shahroud. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm -mm. He's like a, I guess he's he's he, what you call a uh, researcher into okay. Islamic affairs or so on, okay, or Islamic uh, uh, you know uh, doctrine. Mm -hmm. So he was talking exactly about that, where it was that the message of Islam at that time was to revolutionize. And to sort of, uh, you know, uh, put change in society. Okay. And move society forward based on what it was. So it was like the very constant of what it was before. And then that came to sort of like change and revolutionize that society to move forward. Okay. So it's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah, it's, it's very important. I mean, a lot of people don't realize that. And I just thought, you know, we need to highlight that. And right. um and then, yeah, talking about feminism, then I also move on to the golden age uh, where, you know, a lot of women made um, discoveries in medicine or mm. science and uh, they've made huge, um, you know, they, they had a bit of impact during the golden age as well. So I kind of talk about a few of those uh, women and the women of today, I mean, um, you know, some of them are... Uh, for example, Malala, I think she's amazing. Right. You know what she's yeah. doing is incredible. Absolutely, Malala Yousafzai. I'm saying her yes. name right. Yeah. Look, if you it. don't know who she is by now, you're living under a rock. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, so you need to look her yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, David Letterman. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she's like saying that she was on his she interview. Is, yeah. yeah. 
so I mean she's great and uh, just you know it doesn't take you know just looking around us there are so many Muslim women that you know I don't want them to be judged just by their cover literally right you yeah. know just because they're um, Muslim or because they're wearing the hijab or because of XYZ I mean these are women who are intelligent smart educated and um, you know loving caring and you know sense of humor you name it and so yeah. I just don't want uh, I just want to avoid the discrimination and want to say, you know, these are Muslim women and they, you know. So when you want to say you want to start a dialogue, yeah, is that a dialogue between Muslims or is it a dialogue between Muslims and non-Muslims? Non-Muslims. Or, and non-Muslims. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I have a lot of uh, friends and family members who are not Muslims. Mm. And uh, so I wanted to write this for them too. I mean, actually the idea came when um, I wanted to write it for my mom because you know, I converted to Islam and of course I told my parents and they were very supportive. Right. Um, but I just thought, you know, I would love to, for my mom to really get it and understand where I'm coming from and, you know, that I'm not going to change and I'm still me, same person and right. uh, uh, just that I'll be like a better version of myself and... Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's how the idea came to, to write the book. And so I want to create this dialogue with non-Muslims who, um, you know, want to understand Islam better. And uh, yeah, for women specifically. So this. I want to refer back to your story, mm. you know, and going back to the beginning. How did you, how does one reach to that, this major decision in their life where they think, or they feel and they believe that they want to follow a certain set of, you know, beliefs. Do you know what I mean? Like, how did that get to you? Like, and you did it at such a young age as well. Yeah. I mean, 18, right? Mm-hmm. Like, at 18, I remember I was just very much concerned about if, you know, the girl I saw in college really recognized me when I <laughs> entered class. You know, that was my main concern in life. <laughs> On the other side of the world, there was you, and you were thinking about much bigger issues. So, well, um, like I said earlier, I've always been a very spiritual person to right. begin with. So I can remember, so my family was not, was atheist. Right. And uh, so I was never, I didn't have a religious upbringing. Mm. And around the age of se- or seven or eight years old, I started asking questions like who created the, this earth, who created the universe? Like I, I just, I just wanted to make sense out of it. Like, you know, there had to be like a bigger, you know, form or, so I, my parents, you know, just, um, I actually turned to school cause I was going to a Catholic school at okay. the time. So I turned to... This was um, in France? Yeah, in the south of France, yes. Okay. I was in Marseille. Right. Marseille okay. at the time. And so, I've, so I asked them questions. And so I, I came to learn about God and, you know, his creations. And um, so I told my parents, well, you know, I'd like to get baptized. So my parents were like, okay, great. So like I said, they're extremely supportive. So I'm very, very lucky and blessed right. to, to have my parents um, have raised me like that. Perfect, yeah. And um, so I got baptized when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know that at the time my father actually embraced Islam. Oh. Yeah, he didn't tell. So he didn't tell my mom and myself. Like, he kept it to himself for a few years. Uh, I guess he didn't know how his family would react. or, And he had actually survived uh, cancer. Okay. So for him, that was his own, you know, journey. And he survived. He wasn't supposed to live after, like, three months. And, and so it was kind of a miracle that he was still alive. And so he started asking his, himself questions. And so that led him to Islam. Wow. And so... 
But I didn't know that at the time. And the, you were 10 years old at the time. I was time. 10 years old, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, my parents uh, allowed me to get baptized. And so I was, uh, you know, really into it. Like I would go to uh, do my communions and, you know, do, do the whole thing. And, and we moved to the Middle East like a year later. So sorry, you would go uh, to church yeah. with your parents, or no, 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 just on my own, just on your own, on okay. my own with school, or you know. So okay. it was. I mean, the whole family was kind of like okay. The, the whole family was atheist, so right. they were like okay. It's kind of funny that she's becoming uh, religious, but you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, it's her thing. So. It's her thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we moved to the Middle East, and I went to an international school. So lots of different cultures and backgrounds, and you know, I started talking with my friends about religions and uh, things about teenagers. Really, you know, issues about teenagers, and and it just kind of opened my mind that you know I, I need to you know learn more in general, and I need to be like better understanding and. And I would see people fasting. I would see, um, you know, just different religions in general. And and uh, I just thought, you know what, I need to start reading a bit more. And um, so, like, September 11th happened. And uh, obviously, I was, like, beyond shocked when that happened, as the whole world was. And I was 17 years old when that happened. And, I and just, at that point, did you know your dad was Muslim? Or yes, I you did, did, yeah. Okay. And so we would often, like you know, have debates and, you know, I was like a, a typical, like a stubborn teenager, right? Okay. <laughs> like with my own ideas and, you know, yeah. like, so, but it was but like, nice. To, not a typical teenager at all, actually, because <laughs> you were debating like very big ideas. Anyway. Okay. So September 11. So and yeah. And then, you know, I was living in Oman, which is like super peaceful and the Omanis are so warm and welcoming. And it was such a contrast with mm. what people were starting to say about Muslims and, you know, terrorism. And then here I was living in a Muslim country, which is so peaceful. I just just didn't make sense to me and I thought well you know my dad is Muslim and if I'm going to start reading about different religions I might as well just start by Islam and reading the Quran and I have one at home so I borrowed my dad's uh, so that was in September and then in March so I was reading every day and in March I told my parents well you know I'm convinced I didn't finish writing it I was about halfway through the Quran at that time and but that was it for me I was already on board okay. <laughs> I was on board and I said to my parents look I want to become a Muslim and you know my mom was like what's next <laughs> first this now this okay what's what's happening in 10 years you know like so um, I'll but, let you know yeah, yeah no but they were very supportive and I, I told my mom no this is it you know this is uh, I found the truth that I was looking for and and this is really what I was looking for all these years I was looking for the truth like I wanted to have the authentic word of God because obviously the Quran is like we were talking earlier, has stayed uh, authentic right. and it hasn't been changed or modified uh, by mankind. And mm -hmm. so, so as I knew that, I, I I read the Quran as if it was really God, like talking to me directly, gotcha. almost, which uh -huh. is why it had such a huge impact. And um, and so yeah, there. So that's how it happened. That's the whole thing. And then I. You know, I thought that was kind of the end of my spiritual journey, becoming a Muslim. Like, okay, I've been looking for it all my life. Now it's happened. I can relax. <laughs> I didn't know that Islam was also a way of life and right. that it was uh, like to be a practicing Muslim, then you need to, um, you know, it's a day-to-day -day thing. You, you apply it in so many ways, whether it's, you know, modesty or your relationship with others or, you know, fasting, why we fast or... And so... Um, 
so yeah, so I, you know, this is also why I wanted to write a book which explains this way of life, and, right? Yeah, and what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> yeah, I know it's very yeah. interesting though, because like when we talk about spirituality and like uh, these these topics are so heavy, mm-hmm. you know, because whoever you sit with that person or that any person would have an opinion on these topics, yeah. you know, because everyone holds such things uh, very closely to their hearts, mm-hmm. whether they believe or the lack of belief. Yeah. And it's whatever. emotional, isn't it? Like, and it's a lot of yeah. it's based on emotions. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, that's the problem, right? Because a lot of people base their arguments on emotions mm-hmm. and, um, and it's just so very interesting that you started from such a young age to question and look at these uh, these topics. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty uh, that's pretty amazing uh, to me. Just by virtue that you were a ten year old who started questioning these things that yeah. are much larger than all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, when you said you you were looking for a truth, mm-hmm. you know that's a very interesting way to put it. Like I'm looking for the truth, and I found the truth, and. Uh, Is there like did you, do you remember a moment where you felt well this is it like this is this here is what I feel made me say that this to me is my truth? There are a lot. Um, it's hard to think of one. I think uh, I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but I mean like no, just maybe right. in general like yeah yeah. Uh, I mean I was going through what I ha- what I didn't mention is that I had lost someone close to me in my family who passed okay. away at a, a young age. And so while I was a teenager, I was going through, I was grieving and going through a lot of questions about understanding death and understanding, um, you know, what happens after and will I ever get to see that person again? And, you know, all these things like yeah. when you're young and confused and trying to make sense out of something uh, tragic and quite dramatic. And, and so that... I think that's also what I was looking for uh, mm. while re- doing my research in religions. And then while I was specifically reading the Quran, this was always my, you know, th- th- I was reading it through that eye of a grieving person and, uh. and wanting to find peace, Okay. which I did. And that's why it was so quick for me to, to say that I want to become a b- Muslim because I found inner peace almost instantly. Like I said, I didn't even finish reading the whole thing at the time right. that I had fi- found this inner peace and, um, and, and, the, and the answers to my questions about the whole grieving process and, and much more. And that's the thing why I can't say because this is what I was looking for specifically. That's so interesting. But then I found a lot more of things that I wasn't even looking for. And right. so, yeah. It's, it's uh, interesting because... Um, It's so different when somebody, you know, uh, subsc- uh, or, or converts to a certain religion mm-hmm. versus somebody who's born into yeah. a certain religion. Like the, the, I'm sure the mentality is so different. Sure. I mean, and the culture as well, you know, I mean, yeah. because, because what I love about Islam is it's a universal religion. Right. But throughout this universe, I mean, you know, we have so many different cultures mm-hmm. and, you know, we can all kind of adapt Um, you know, Islam is what it is and, you know, that's, that's fine. But then maybe what you have for iftar is not what I have for iftar. Right. You know what I mean? So you might have culture. a filet mignon and I have a, you know, <laughs> something really Arabic like mensaf, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, cultures play an important role as well because, yeah. um, you know, the, you know, Asians can have like a different Islamic culture where, you know, ours would be different, but it's still the same The, we still have things in common in Islam that are universal. So. Right. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's, it's, uh, 
for me, I think a lot of people go through maybe what you've been through, but it, on a maybe smaller scale, because mm. obviously yours started at an early age, and also it yeah. involved uh, a grieving process yeah. as well. So, so obviously that's very profound experience for mm-hmm. you. Um, I think for me, at some somewhere in my twenties, uh, I just like sort of like threw my hat into the table, or, or sorry, threw, threw my uh, threw in the towel. And I was like, okay. guys. I need to read into everything, you know, like, because I'm not sure what I believe anymore, that sort of thing, you know. Uh, And I, for the longest time, spirituality was very important for me as well. Mm. Uh, And finding something to believe in and finding, um, you know, the true purpose of life. And and sometimes, like, I think you said it, what happened, like, the the thinking of, or the, the, uh, the phrase of death, Mm-hmm. And what happens after? That's also something that's a constant, right? In my mind, it's like, well, what? Like, it's what's the point, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we live seventy years, yeah. eighty years, and then that's that. Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that's when you start like asking bigger questions, like, yeah. well, you know, what? What's? Who is God? And right. and why did He create us? Yeah. And like all these big questions. And mm-hmm. you know, today I I, I consider myself to be you know. Uh, a believer, of course, in in God and in religion, and uh, you know, I have faith and everything, um, but in a very different way than I used to have it. Like, let's say, ten years ago, where I used to be very like, okay, here's what I was told to believe, so that's that's that. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm just gonna follow this, yeah. and and I'll be good. <clears throat> I'm gonna go to heaven. You know, I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> but I think I've really moved on from that, and now because. I feel like at some point I started struggling within myself okay. uh, to find the the real why do why do I believe what I believe okay. you know and uh, not suspended to uh, you know what people told me to believe kind yeah. of thing you know and I think uh, just seeing people pray and and seeing people praise God and stuff like that it's just made me think mm-hmm. a lot about yeah. like what are they doing and like okay. what does that mean and then I went in this rabbit hole a rabbit hole for like a year or two years. And it was in that time when I think I saw your tweets. Okay. You know, and and because I had all these thoughts in my head, I was like, you know, it would be really cool to have that conversation with you as well because okay, it seems yeah. like you're in a similar journey yeah, too. Yeah. And and let's like compare notes, right. you know, let's see like what do you got? Yeah, and like yeah. let's see what you got. Like I'd like to see how I compare my notes with yours. Right. And and it's it's interesting because also you've introduced me to other people as well. Um, God, uh, you know, just who I met through their journeys too. Yeah. But like today, we're all in different places, and but still, we sort of like kind of believe the same thing. But we were like, we well, we do believe the same thing because we're all Muslims. Mm-hmm. I think we've all landed in the same sort of vicinity. But mm-hmm. I realized the v- variety within Islam, kind of thing, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, from my perspective, like seeing the different sort of ways of people package it in their minds mm-hmm. and, and what it means to them. And, yeah. you know, so from somebody like you to somebody like me to somebody who perhaps is way more like um, right-wing, mm-hmm. you know, person yeah. who... Yeah. So it's just, it's very interesting to see the variety of beliefs and how people get to there. Right. And, and, and I find the word truth itself mm. to be a very interesting word because I think... As there is a truth, there's established truths, and then there is, you know, what is true to me and what is true to you and that sort of thing. So I find that very mm. interesting, this whole, uh, you know, world, very, very interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I think reaching there, and I think part of that was also, like, 
rights and human rights and and women's rights and stuff like that. That's very interesting, and、mm. I, and、I've, I find it so interesting from your side as well that you've decided to just. You know,、uh, focus on that, like women's rights as well, and, and write on it, and、yeah. uh, and that for me is is also super interesting too.、Mm-hmm. I keep saying interesting a lot. Although I, I, I say I hear myself on the podcast <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah, everything for me is interesting.、Uh, but yeah, so and I I remember throughout the years when we used to, we used to talk, you also used to have these questions about like, well, what does this mean in terms of rights? What does this、yeah. mean in terms of、uh, yeah. you know the women's right. rights and so on.、Yeah. And your your evolution to get to this book right here is so interesting <laughs> to me, like how you actually got here. Yeah, I think you have a keyword right there is evolution because I think that's you know we're create we're born and then we we're on this journey and we progress. And it's not about like taking something and going full board, you know, full like with full force into it, you know, like、right. it's. It's about understanding and asking questions. Like you were saying earlier, you were asking yourself questions and trying to understand things. I think that's a very healthy process. And, Absolutely. And、um, and then because once you do find these answers, then at least you have comfort in your heart that you know, okay, it makes sense. It makes it, it, there's a logic behind it, and I'm you know 100% comfortable with my decision. And、right. uh, which I'm sure you are because I mean you're still Muslim today. So, <laughs> still here.、Right? Yes. <laughs> So,、um, so that's something I try to highlight in the book is that, you, and that's why it's called Big Little Steps as well, is because you know we take baby steps and we continue to grow as human beings in general, but also you know as spiritual beings and in、um, our faith as well,、uh, you know continues to grow as well. So we're. Um, so, so yeah, it's called Big Little Steps. So because of that reason, but also because there's、um, a, a hadith which says,、uh, if you take one step towards me, I'll take ten towards you, and if you walk towards me, I'll run towards you.、Mm. And I just thought that just it just set, sums it up perfectly that if we just have a hint of if we just have the intention of getting closer to God, He will just you know、right. He will just. You know, run towards you and grab you, and you know. So,、um, I just thought it was such a powerful uh, uh, saying、right. that I wanted. So it's actually on the first page of the book. Right. Yeah, also, <laughs> saw that. Yeah. But so the title is is also a way to to say that. You know, like you might think it's a little step to ask a question or two, or, but it's actually a big step in, in、mm. the eyes of God too. That you're learning about Him and you're showing the effort. And so w- this. Book, you know, again we go to the word of truth. Came from a place of truth for you, right?、Mm-hmm. So, which is、um, after you, after the age of eighteen, you 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 found some difficulties in realigning your lifestyle、yeah. to your new、yeah. chosen lifestyle, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, what kind of difficulties did you face? Well,、um, so so I basically as soon as I converted to Islam, I, I also graduated from high school. So I moved back to France. I moved to Paris. And、um, and then you know I didn't realize at the time that、uh, you know for example I I didn't realize that you know Muslims were pay- praying five times a day like I knew it but it was like oh does that apply to me too like <laughs> do I have to do it <laughs> you know what I mean so it took me a while to to get there、yeah. you know and、um, and also going to university I was. You know, people wanted to like party, and you know, so it. I kind of had for me, I had lost interest in like you know drinking alcohol or、yeah. like going out and stuff. Like it happened gradually, but eventually, I was like, it's not really making me that happy. You know what I mean? So,、mm. 
Um, and um, then also the kinds of, uh, you know, friendships that I had kind of changed. It's just, I think my interests in, in general changed. And, you know, I, I was maybe a bit more superficial in my friendships before before that. And I was looking for a bit more substance and, uh -huh. you know, my relationship with people. And, um, and uh, then, you know, I started working. Uh, I was in the music industry mm -hmm. uh, for like seven years, maybe. Right. Well, that's how we knew each other yeah. from the music industry. Yes, I had yeah. never worked in the music industry. I kind of <laughs> pretended that I did, but I actually didn't. Because you were always around. Yeah, I was always around yeah. the music industry, for sure, yeah. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, it was an awesome experience to work in music. And, um, you know, it took me years to to realize that, you know, this is not for me either. Because I would look at the artists, and we're talking like A-list artists, right? Like huge artists. And uh, I would look at them and I would, you know, actually t go on tour with, with some of them and so on and talk to them. And, you know, either they were really unhappy in their life, always traveling or, you know, no um, meaningful relationships. They didn't trust their entourage or they were, you know, taking drugs and alcohol and just living a miserable life, really, mm. at the end of the day. I mean, this is, you know, after all the glamour is, right. you know, like lights off, cameras off, you know, they're in their room backstage, like they're really not that happy. And so it just made me realize, like, you know, this is not an industry that I want to be in anymore. And so I went into, like, the corporate world, like, 360 yeah. <laughs> degree shift. Um, but, you know, it taught me a lot. And I, I I've, uh, also met so many people who, well, a few people who also went on the journey to embrace Islam as well. And so they went from you know, like touring and, um, you know, performing on stage to finding a more quiet and peaceful life in mm. Islam. So it's that it's really inspiring as well to be able to witness someone else's journey and to see the changes, the positive changes that, you know, how it affects them. So interesting. it's been a good adventure. Yeah. Wow. And it's, it's, it's very interesting that you say about the, the, the artists who like at the end of the day aren't happy. It's so interesting because you hear that from like, that's not just you, right? A lot of people say that like, oh, yeah. but all the lights and all the money and all the, mm. all the, these people don't bring you happiness. Yeah. And I start wondering about that, but that's, that's, isn't it relative to the person? I don't know. Maybe it's just the amount of attention you get. Mm. I don't know what it is that makes these people unhappy. Like, that's I very strange for me. it's the ups and downs because, but I don't know. I mean, the way I see it, because obviously there's so much hype. Like, when there's a concert or, like, a festival, you know, there's so much hype and interviews and, um, right. so you know, sound checks. You. And, you know, they get so much attention. And then the next day, it's like, okay, no you're cares. going home and yeah. it's quiet. And so I think, like, going through these, like, the roller coaster is hard for any human being to... To, to go through it like in a long you know I feel like it's a bubble right like I think a lot of people live in bubbles hmm. especially when they start becoming very successful and they become surrounded by yes men and then they become surrounded by yeah. their fans and, yeah. and just become this bubble that you created for yourself right so now you take your energy from those people around you rather hmm. than finding something of substance right. that moves you you know yeah. and I think sometimes you need to burst that bubble and sort of like keep yourself grounded mm -hmm. the entire time, you know, yeah. and no matter how big you get or successful mm. you get, it's almost as a way that you need to make sure that, you know, you're always kind of grounded. Yeah. And it's so, not easy. I mean, when you're caught up in the machine, like in the industry, it really is like a, a, like a factory for like making music and people are, 
you know, it's, it's hard for anyone to, to go through that. I'm sure you're human at the end of the yeah, day, exactly. right? Because like if you're human and, and they're you, young, usually and you're young well, you know and, I mean? and suddenly you have all this afforded to you, yeah. you have like all the money in the world, you're traveling the world, mm-hmm. people are adoring you exactly, and, and, and yeah. calling your name and, yeah. and wherever you arrive, there are fans screaming your name. Like exactly. that must do, do something psychologically yeah, to you, to you know, and, I'm you know? sure it does. Yeah, like it's, it's exactly. absolutely crazy. Yeah. I was, uh, this is a stupid example, but uh, it's funny because I, I relate that to Metallica's story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how much I love Metallica. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> is that a shock to you? <laughs> I know, you, you know. Uh, but James Hetfield in particular, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he sort of went to rehab and, and sort of got out of that and stopped drinking and mm-hmm. stopped, you know, doing all these... Um, extracurricular activities yeah. let's just call them um, he stopped doing all of that because that to him he he had to battle his not just his addictions but also his ego mm-hmm. and to a point where he stopped doing meet and greets with fans mm. because you know it also had fed his uh, mm. his his uh, his addiction personality mm. and his ego personality so yeah, yeah. he wanted to cut that completely okay. off and sort of like also work on a schedule where like he isn't away so much from his family and right. his friends because yeah, to find a balance yeah because it's when it takes you away from that he he says that like when i'm on tour for so long i'm in the bubble again mm. and like but when i go back home i'm in real life yeah. and like my wife tells me to like take out the trash <laughs> and like, yeah. and, like I'm, a, I'm a human again yeah, you know like yeah, yeah. And it's so interesting. You've seen that firsthand yeah. backstage when you saw these artists, and, and exactly. And I remember, like, I remember. Obviously, I was always there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I turn around. It's like, oh, there he like is what are you doing here, man? Like, <laughs> everybody would ask me that question. What are you doing here? Like, how did you get backstage? But yeah, I remember. Like, you, you, you used to. Like, I'm sure it was a very tough job as well. Like, yeah, but it was awesome. You know, like sure. I was like, I did it from 23 until like I think 27. It's the most perfect job to do in your 20s. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. like there's nothing better yeah. to do. Yeah, you know? and uh, and it was a lot of fun. You know, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed it. I like you. You know, just the the rush and the like. I was hold, hosting those meet and greets with with the fans and. Right. Uh, Uh, it's intense for sure you know it's um, it just takes a lot out of you like and that's what another thing I think with the artists is they give so much energy I mean if you think about it they give 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 you know on stage or like backstage with the fans and and then you I guess they just feel hollow at the end of the day like where do you who gives you that energy back you know like that's right and um, I would see them backstage sometimes in the meet and greet tents and they would just like you know lie down to sleep and you know, it was just, I met very few artists who would travel with their family or, and with their kids. And, um, you know, a lot of them just lived a life. And um, and then you, you see that they're fighting with everybody and they're, you know, they're just not happy. Like, yeah. So. Well, ego is very poisonous, I yeah. think. Yeah. You know, especially when you start getting to a point where you really believe your own hype mm-hmm. and your own ego, I think yeah, it's like it true. becomes poisonous. Yeah. I mean, forget big artists, but also like in everyday life, right? Mm-hmm. You could this could apply to you if you are a, you know, a managing director or you're yeah. a, you know, where you start believing your own hype mm-hmm. and you start thinking yeah. like, well, you know, this is what all matters. Yeah, Anything that matters to me is that. I think going back to like uh, uh, the spiritual side of things, yeah. it's it's funny because I think a lot of people. Um, 
sometimes become too caught up by the material mm. things in their life. Yeah. You know, like uh, how big is the house that they got mm-hmm. or or what car are they driving or um, and it's so easy to fall into these things. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it's and I'm, I'm guilty of it as well. Mm. Like I am guilty for sure. Like but everyone I, is. I mean, yeah. that's the world we live in is, you know, like marketing and all day long we have Consumerism. these ads. And, yeah, it's, yeah. That's, you know, where the world is today. So it is. Yeah. And it's, it's it kind of like you know, you think about it, that's when spiritual, like you start seeking, I think people start seeking, um, spirituality and maybe religion, sometimes not religion. Some, sometimes people don't seek religion. They seek something else to replace mm. that. I don't know, but that's when there's that area that the void that's missing that you need to fill it up with something, yeah. you know? And right. it just seems that I, I meet some people who don't care. Like, they're like, no, it's for me, it's just a career and that's mm. that, you know, and that's, I don't really care about anything else. Yeah. And, and that's good for them. I mean, if that works for them, yeah. then that works for them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's cool. Um, and then some people just sort of like delve into other things like faith and, yeah. and spirituality and, and yoga. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes people do yeah. yoga. Right. Some people do podcasting. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like that's, uh, and, and, and for you, you've, uh, you've like left your job and like you dedicated yourself to this because yeah. it's, it's interesting how you've... Yeah, I mean, just because um, because this was my dream, you know, I thought it, kind of like a mission, my calling, if, if, if you will, you know, I just thought, you know, I've as a Muslim woman now, like I feel like I am an ambassador to Islam and I feel like, you know, I it's given me so much that I also want to give back. Right. And, um, and that's my way of doing it is, you know, educating people on, um, you know, forgetting the misconceptions and opening their minds and, uh, you know, try to be more understanding and read it from a, if, if you start reading from uh, with an open eye, like you, um, you know, you, you can absorb it differently. And right. uh, so I've, I've just made sure that, you know, in the book, for example, I've included margins on the side so that if there's something you don't understand, you can take notes and like write all over it and then go back to it later. Or I've made it like interactive. So if there is, if I talk about a story of that's in the Quran, I'll be like, grab your copy on, of the Quran and read the verses so and so. And so that people are, you know, it's just not just about the book, but it's also going back to the Quran or, you know, maybe asking your uh, imam or scholar questions. And because Islam is about community as well. So I want to make sure that, um, you know, I want to be really mindful of that as well. And there's a whole chapter dedicated to, co- to community as well. And, you know, the community events and, you know, yeah. So <laughs> I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you what do you find is the biggest challenge for um, Muslims who live in the West? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think I wouldn't call Muslims, um, you know, what do you call the word? This escapes me, but not all Muslims are the same. Yeah. Right. So like Muslims who live in Europe mm-hmm. are probably different from the Muslims who live in North America or right, the yeah, Muslims true. who live in South America yeah, and yeah. whatever. Right. So what do you, what's the biggest challenge for Muslims living out in the West? Um, well, definitely the, um, you know, the, the, what the media portray of the of Muslims and Muslim women and I'm from France specifically and you know not one day goes by where you know they talk about Muslims and you know it's all very just negative right uh, so whatever you listen to the radio or TV or you know it's just you know it's quite saddening really that at least we're not given a voice to at least you know defend ourselves or speak up for ourselves and um, you know my father-in-law is an imam in France 
Oh, okay. And uh, so my mother-in-law is also really active in the community. And and so they, they tell me, you know, the kind of issues that they have is that, you know, they're not necessarily invited to uh, like community events where all different faiths have a voice. And, uh, you know, maybe Muslim speakers are not really invited because of the way you know, media portray uh, Muslims and, you know, women wearing the hijab as well is uh, difficult for them. That's um, mainly in Europe, I would say. Yeah, I think... Because, I think look, uh, I, I'm thinking that when you talk about the media, you know, I, I consume a lot of media mm-hmm. and I see, like, there's a difference in narrative between, for example, if this is a left-leaning progressive publication mm-hmm. versus a right-leaning right. uh, conservative publication. Okay. And I feel like the... In North America, at least, mm. um, I find that the left-leaning progressive um, publications are more accepting mm-hmm. uh, towards showing, for example, a um, woman in hijab, mm-hmm. right? And that's more likely to be viewed uh, or more likely to be covered in a more positive light rather than if it's right. a right-leaning yeah. um, publication. Mm. Now, maybe this, I know this is a sweeping generalization, and I'm sure there are many nuances there that... Um, I'm not mentioning, but uh, but that's from my consumption of media generally. That's what I'm seeing. Right. Yeah. I, for me, assimilation is a is is a topic that keeps popping in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you. Uh, I guess you probably would know a lot about this because um, your parents-in-law are actually yeah. living in France as Muslims. Yeah. And do, do they? Uh, the word assimilation, does that come up and how they assimilate with the rest of society and like how do Muslims sort of like blend in with society rather than have their own little communities? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're right. I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, it's really important. You have to be a part of the society and find integration. And I mean, they do, they hold like open door events to the mosque. So they invite non-Muslims to the mosque and kind of show, you know, what, um, you know, the way that Muslims pray or break their fast or, you know, they invite non-Muslims to break their fast together with them. Okay. That's always usually a good way, you know, to yeah. open a discussion at right. least, you know. Uh, so that I think opening a dialogue for them is key. Uh, try to find as many platforms as possible to um, spread a positive message and break misconceptions. And um, yeah, I, I'm thinking like open door events, um, these kind of things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of like, I think to us, I mean, you know, there obviously there is um, some kind of degree of hate crimes, mm-hmm. oh, not hate crimes, but like discrimination, let's say yeah. that happens um based on what people see on the media mm-hmm. or what they hear from their politicians or what yeah. they hear from the leaders and and they might f- have the, some kind of fear of their neighbor who mm-hmm. happens to be a muslim or so on yeah. so it's just these things are um i think that other than the assimilation part also is is that misconception that you were talking about earlier yeah. about like the portrayal of of mm. that but i find that north america has a much more assimilated population when it comes to Muslims. I don't I know. So. I might be wrong, but from my uh, experience, I mean, that's uh, what I've seen as well. And like, I spent um, like maybe a year in LA, where I, you know I moved there for work, and uh, so I would go to the um, uh, to the to the mosque there. They have a huge Islamic uh, center as well, and big community. And uh, you know, it was all very positive and open dialogue and um, and just in general, I feel like life as a Muslim is 
you know, people were more accepting and uh, right. there was more inclusion. And I think maybe because the other way around as well, if you look at the Muslims there, I think they identify as, for example, Americans or they identify yeah. as Canadians and, mm-hmm. and they just sort of like my brother-in-law, he is a huge Toronto Raptors fan and like okay. he goes and watches the games and right, he has yeah. the t-shirts and the hats and whatever. Yeah. So, but his Muslim identity maybe doesn't, um, contradict his Canadianness, if you will. Right. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel that's that there it maybe it worked better, I guess, in yeah. North America. I don't know why. Maybe it's I the culture the, in general the culture, or the history, the, you know, po- politics. I mean history could be a part of it actually. Yeah, You're right. In France that's that's a major um, you know, with all the history, you know, right. the that's happened. I mean, it's it plays a big role in. Could be, could be also like because uh, North America is largely based on immigration as well. So yeah, it's a it's a country of immigrants anyway, yeah. right? So they, yeah. maybe that's the mentality mm. as well. Could be that as well. Yeah, could be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's <laughs> those are always things that I, you know when you see the news and stuff like that. You start, I start thinking about these things and yeah. and as a Western Muslim yourself, yeah, um, I'm sure these are things that you probably think about too. Yeah, of course, and I mean, especially I feel like in, it's tough in France, and you know, I, when I when my in laws travel to like London, for example, they already see a huge difference. And you were talking about you know like two countries that are you know, very close to one right. another. And there's already a big, a, you know, huge difference between the two. So as in, in acceptance and so on. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I mean, there's a lot of work to be done for sure. And, you know, there's, uh, you know, opening a dialogue and education and, you know, it's, uh, it's not an easy uh, era that, you know, Muslims are living in today, yeah. you know. Yeah, we have to fight it on a lot of fronts, you yeah. know, like we have to fight misconceptions, we have to fight extremism, we have to fight like a lot exactly. of things that we have to make sure that um, our voices are heard in yeah. a way that's 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 proper. Um, but I want to ask you, so for example, um, going back to this book, as I know mm-hmm. you've, you've shown me a lot of uh, stuff in this book throughout yeah. um, or before we actually started the podcast, um, do, from your personal perspective, did you feel like you faced um, like some kind of discrimination or... Th- but I guess you've lived here all your life, so probably yeah, not. I, if is, anything, it's probably like shock, the first thing <laughs> when it comes to you. I think uh, for me, it's more... Um, you know, I, So I grew up in the Middle East pretty much. You know, I moved right. to Oman when I was 10 years old and you know, it's, uh, until I was 19. And then I've been living here for 11 years. So um, I guess when I go back to France, that's when I... Um, you know, when I find that there is a lot of adversity and Mm. especially when I uh, was a student living in Paris and I was trying to, you know, visit the local mosque in Paris to have a beautiful mosque. And so I would actually be nervous because at the time that's when the, they were banning the hijab from uh, schools and so on. And so I was actually worried that, you know, as a French woman, I wouldn't be welcome in a mosque. Okay. So the, I can't tell you the number of times that I actually went all the way to this mosque and I never went in. And I still never went in to this day, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh, but just because, you know, I was like a fresh new Muslim and I was worried that people wouldn't welcome me because of, you know, like the the, the climate, you wow. know, at the time. and. Um, so, you know, I think that's uh, something, you know, that's something I was going through as a you know, as I was trying to find, you know, how the Muslim community would accept me. And and they were very, very welcoming. And in fact, you know, wherever I travel in the world, there are always, there's always someone who will, you know, invite me for an iftar, you know, if I'm traveling or invite me to a talk or, you know, they're super friendly anywhere I go. So there was really nothing to be worried about, actually. Yeah. 
So is there like a, a guiding um, woman that you look up to uh, in Muslim society today? Uh, I mean, there's not one in particular. Like, I mean, Queen Rania, I was saying right. earlier. The yeah, I saw you had quoted her in the book. Yeah, yeah. So I quoted her in the book. I think the way she... Um, talks about like these difficult issues you know in society and, and in politics uh, I love her approach I mean she's really open-minded and the way she um, you know she's well seen in the western world as well as well as in the Middle East yeah. so she she I think she's one of these few people who have this very positive voice and who can really make a change in the world right and uh, yeah in the book I've highlighted a lot of uh, Muslims and non-Muslims who um, you know, give their views about Islam and, um, you know, for example, even, well, not a woman, but Cass Stevens, who uh, yeah. converted to Islam. I talk about a little bit about his story as well. And, um, you know, just um, in general, you know, trying to um, to get people to, you know, give a to give their own opinion of, of Islam, I thought would be an interesting approach. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, Queen Rania is definitely a very uh, positive example yeah, she uh, is. of of a modern Muslim woman. Exactly. Yeah. Like I said, there was Malala as well. And there's Malala so too. That's, yeah. You know, more from a, a, like a charity kind of angle. Or, right. You know, she was more of an activist as activist. well. Oh yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Education. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's. Yeah, her she she definitely like Malala has. I mean. She's always in the news. She's, she she's won a Nobel Peace Prize, yes, I think, or something, has. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple of years ago, she's great. So, I mean, there are a lot of women. I mean, even I mean, here her in story the is crazy, though, right? Her story is absolutely crazy. Yeah. Like she was shot right um, by and the Taliban. By the yeah. Taliban, and then she uh, she was she was she was supposed to die, but she didn't. You know, mm-hmm. she because yeah. that was the aim was to exactly. was to actually she was shot in the head. I think. Yeah, and, and she was. Yeah. Yes, that's a crazy story that you've, you've survived that, and yeah. then you've survived not to just do that, but you've survived to just fight against the a very idea that shot you. Do you exactly. know what I mean? That's yeah. And you've won. You know, exactly. and that's yeah. And she's still, you know, working hard at it. And she's, uh, you know, I love that she promotes uh, education for women. I think that's huge. There's something, um, you know, that we should all strive to, you know, to to, to work make the norm. towards. And yeah. yeah, it's, you know, it can be. I mean, these are the women who raise your children, and so, you know, women education seems like a like like a must. I mean, it's, there's just no way around it. So. I mean, in this day and age, not having it is is you know absurd yeah. uh, to a point like we we should. Of should course, be a thing yeah. that's the norm across the world, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, well, the question of genders as well is now is a, is a topic that we're having. I mean, look, you look at uh, like uh, areas around the world where they discuss gender, um, not just g- gender roles, but also gender identity, and right. and you know it, that that topic has really reached an area where we're like, mm. you know, where it's way beyond education now. Yeah, you know, it's. it's Today we that so we ha- we haven't had those basics down in many countries, mm-hmm. and that's why we need to make sure that we've, you know, we've addressed these issues. We make sure that we have education covered through all these societies for sure. You yeah, know? absolutely. And, and hopefully, your book one day would be yeah. one of those things that. You yeah, know, I hope. I mean, that's you know, my kids can. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's my small contribution. You yeah. know, I do address these things like gender equality and. Uh, um, you know, it's really important, you know, I mean, that, you know, men and women were made 
different for you know to do different things doesn't mean that we're not equal just means we have the physical you know capacity to do different things right. and and uh, it kind of you know I was never a feminist really before writing the book <laughs> but right. as I was writing it uh you know it just made me realize like you know yeah women can do everything you know like I mean I, once I gave birth to be honest with you I was like okay women you know like I mean our we bodies are. can do this it's just insane you know like and I knew that but once you really deliver a baby then you're like wow <laughs> I did that <laughs> yeah, oh, that's exactly. and um so do you identify as a feminist uh yeah I would you know like you know like I said so I so that was an eye-opener for me first of all two years ago but then um but also the more research I was doing and um the more I realized that you know women do have rights in Islam um people try to hide that from us they don't want us to know maybe uh so it's our job as a Muslim woman to 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 seek the knowledge and to really find out what they are, mm. and I've highlighted I've, I've highlighted like the top ten, uh, but I mean really there are, you know I, I highlighted the, the most important ones, but I mean really applies to your you know everyday life and right and um, you know even in your rela- relationship like with your family or with your husband or you know in in your work on, and so on so. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, what was your question again? <laughs> if you identify as a feminist, <laughs> I lost track of it. Yeah. So, yes, yes, I do. It's hot in here. Exactly the yeah. to my to my brain. So um, so yeah, no, definitely. Since the book, I think it's turned me into into a feminist, and you know, I want to, you know, I want it's something I want to share with the with the world. Yeah. Absolutely. That's. I mean, yeah. that's that's really cool. It's very. It's interesting when I because I I met. I think I had like maybe two women who identified as feminists on this program mm. before. Yeah, yeah. So you're the third. Okay. So I don't want people to think this is a feminism program. No, I, mean, but, I, I mean, you know, I think but, feminism for me is not about like putting down men or like I'm not anti-men or nothing like that. It's just saying, it's just for me acknowledging like, you know, women are powerful and we can do it all, you know? I mean, yeah. like we, you know, we can be like CEOs, we can be, you know, great mothers and we can multitask and... Well, writing this book, <laughs> is your contribution I think to that cause for the Muslim woman I mm-hmm. think you know yeah. because at the end of the day you're telling uh, Muslim women like yo mm-hmm. you need to know your rights Yeah, you need to know what you can do right. you need to know that doing ABC is well within your world of rights and possibilities and that's well afforded to you by your faith and yeah. your doctrine you know and that's yeah. And that's very good for people to, and that's I think a very good contribution for mm. you to actually uh, give towards like a the Muslim, yeah. uh, the, the the female Muslim right. society. That's, yeah, I mean that's definitely. So you could say more about feminism than uh, many others who claim to be uh, feminists, right? So yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not knocking anyone, by the way. <laughs> I'm just saying, never know. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, really, it was. Um, you know, I think. I wanted to really empower women with this book to give them the tools to be like a better version of, of, of themselves and educate themselves and um, to really be able to live their own journey at their own pace. Um, you know, at the you know when whenever anything feels right for them, um, you know, to just live that journey and to keep progressing and and uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like you want to say something. 
No, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I just, I, I know you're launching this book uh, tonight. Yeah. Um, it'll be available. In- it'll be in Kinokuniya Magrudi, available online as well. Uh, www.biglittlestepsbook.com right and uh, also we're working on the uh, ebook format so whoever has a kindle or um, kobo or you know they'll be able to download it from anywhere in the world which is great excellent and any uh, global publications well so i've signed a publishing deal with a, a publisher in france uh-huh. so they will be doing distribution well the translation and distribution in france belgium and uh, luxembourg i don't know how to say that in english but sounds about right to me yeah <laughs> and um, so that's france i'm really hoping to you know i hope that you know it can be translated into many more languages and reach more countries and you know i'm just really trying to promote islam in a positive way for women so i just just hope the message can reach as many people as possible. And I think it's it's important you said you wanted to start a dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I think starting a dialogue, and that's something that consistent that comes out of this podcast, is I always say we have to have conversations. Yeah, which you is know? what you're doing. That's your contribution, yeah, is the, to open the dialogue. That's what I'm trying everyone. to do, yeah. you know. Um, and, you know, whether it's talking, whatever it is, I think... If you put this up just solely online, then you're going to get a lot of people like, oh, what does that mean? Blah, 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 blah. But yeah, sitting yeah. with you and talking and going through your pro- like your, your thought process and your yeah. experience and so on makes people view your contribution, uh, your thoughts, mm-hmm. everything that you just said in a totally different light yeah. and in a very understanding yeah. way. And I think if there's anything that I would like for this podcast to do is to promote understanding with mm-hmm. various topics and and I think this is the first time actually on this podcast that we talk about um, faith and Islam right, and yeah. uh, like in this depth yeah, I think yeah. we've we've spoken previously about Muslim issues um, and how to like sort of because um, mm-hmm. a friend of mine uh, or a guest of mine in the podcast started something called the Arab edition to talk to bring Arabs to talk more about uh, you know Arab stories, right? Yeah. Uh, but this is the first time I think we talk about Islam in particular. So well, it's Ramadan, so it's a good time. Well, yeah, I was about to know? say this is going to be my Ramadan episode. <laughs> yeah. you <know>? so, exactly. <laughs> so there you go. But uh, but yeah, no. Thank you so much for like feeling comfortable enough to tell me uh, your yeah. experience and your story. And no, thank you for having. And me. I think you know you're going to blow up after this podcast yeah. for sure. You know, that's, no, I think this one will be the turning point for the book. You <laughs> this know? is it. Yeah. yeah, this is it. I imagine like next year, like in a year or. Two Two years down the line, you're sitting there in like your mansion, you know, yeah, <laughs> you're, with Big the, Little Steps the movie, Big Little Steps the movie, you know, yeah. like like you you become this like J.K. Rowling as of Muslim, yeah. you know, female writers, you know. But no, I wish nothing but the best for you, Thank honestly. You. I and, appreciate it, and I hope um, you know. Your journey continues. Uh, yeah, your you. journey of substance continues, and I hope this book, you know, does really well. So thank uh, you. I appreciate it. So and, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is yeah. uh, this has been fun. Yes, yes. All right. To catch up with you always. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the first time actually we catch up since ever. <laughs> what do you mean we've? we've yeah, I think the last time we actually hung out was. Oh yeah, dude! Was... I don't even remember. Uh, well, like it was at flywheel, like we were all sweaty and right. 
Well, my wife is a flywheel instructor, yeah. or was a flywheel instructor, uh, and you used yeah. to go to her class, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's where I met your so, husband as well. Exactly, and, yeah. So and, that was intense. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it was 10 minutes, though. That wasn't really hanging out. Yeah. That was just like, hey, how you doing? Oh, my God, long time. You know, yeah, and that, yeah. And that was that. Exactly, yeah. But, uh, but I think before that was a while. But anyway, it was yeah. cool to catch up. Yeah, It was cool to have too. a good conversation. Yeah, same yeah. here. All right, Mathilde, well, Thank good you. luck, and good luck tonight on your Thanks. launch. Yeah, Woo! great, and come along. You're welcome. I, like I said, I have people coming over over Aftar today okay. and bring them along too Arabs like to stay yeah. and just like maybe go it goes from Aftar to Sahur so you, you never know it's, it might stay a while but thank All you right. so much you're welcome thank All you alright thanks